RBN. Can we say that? <laughs> Can we so, say that on air? <laughs> <laughs> It's my first time being on a podcast. So. Yeah. Right, no. you're, I'm sure you're going to be a natural. Uh, you're a regular now. Justin's got a burger coming. I do. What are you eating there? I'm eating a burger, but because I'm allergic to dairy, they have brioche buns, which are butter, so mm. I can't. Okay. Just had some white white bread. Hey, it looks good, though. They grill it. It worked. Fries. Toast it. Fries are pretty yep. good, too. Fries are... I avoided the fries. You can't really mess up a fry. I went with coleslaw today yeah. on my side, yeah. Can't do that. That's the dairy. Yeah. Well, mayo's not dairy. I just said the other day I'm going to start cutting my dairy. Like, not eliminate it, but... Changes a lot for me. Yeah. Well, A, because I'm allergic to it, but B, it's... <laughs> well, A, because... It's, it's better not to have it anyway. Yeah. Well, and I, like, when I was doing the 75 hard, I didn't eat a lot of it uh, just because of the fat and calories in it. But, sure. But when I'm not focused on it, I tend to, like, it sneaks into everything I oh, eat. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I'm, curi- I'm curious, guys. When, when your stuff, like, let's say your eating totally goes off the rail. Uh-huh. One day, like, it's your birthday, and you eat all the cake. <laughs> it's my birthday. And, and you, you, then you find yourself, like, eating, like, cake and cereal for three or four days. Like, do you have a certain order that you usually back things out in? Or do you, like, go back to, like, okay, I'm going healthy, like, next day? Or do you, like, phase into my, it? My, I'll, if you don't mind me going for it, I, 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 check my, I, tra- I track macros when I'm doing well. So I look fat, carbs, and yeah. protein. So when I go off the rails, it's only when I'm, like, I'm not going to track. Okay. <laughs> and okay. then for like, I'll do that for, like, a week. And then I'll be like, all right, I need to get back on it. And once you start tracking those and get back to where you're at, everything kind of just falls into place. Like, well, I'm not going to eat as much dairy because yep. that's going to increase my fat. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to use much bread because that's going to into and so it kind of falls back into place as long as you're tracking that for me. Do you have a certain place you track it like over time, or you just have like in your day you do like a daily food log? Yeah, I mean I, I use an app. Uh, some people use my I think you use my fitness nope. pal, don't you? No, I, I use Lose It. Um, Carbon. Okay, yeah, I'm, my fitness pal is probably the most popular. I've never used it. I've tried to use it. I just didn't like it as much as yeah, Lose It. It's good. Um, but yeah, that's how I track it. And then you know I adjust my macros depending on my goals. And I do the same thing like. I'm, uh, I use macros as well. Uh, I also, like, if I'm coming up on a, like, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. We just, today's <laughs> just going to be one of those days where I'm not going to track. Yeah. Um, and you try and do stuff within reason so you're, you're not blown out. But that's the nice part about macros. It's you blew up one day. Well, the next day you just go back to your macros. So it's not you don't have to then make up for the hole that you stepped in the day before. Mm-hmm. It's just get past it and move on. Yeah. But you're fine. It's interesting. Like, I've talked to a lot of, even clients that I've worked with that have, that have, you know, they, they used to live for their cheat day. I hate the concept of a cheat day. I think they're a terrible yeah. idea. It's just, um, it's just really the messaging, isn't it? It's the, and it's totally the messaging yeah. because what happens is, is that you really can literally undo, you know, a, a lot of your gains during the week in one single day. But what comes out of that is, like, the shame and the feeling of doing something, like, wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. You just ate more than you really probably should have for the goals that you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. But it can have some pretty serious psychological damage on certain people. So it's just, I I wish that we would get past this, you know, this stick on on cheat days. Um, Hey, some days, just like some days you walk into the gym. Every day is not going to be a PR day, right? I mean, some days are just mail-it-in days. Some days are... The best thing that I can say about that workout was is that I did it. I didn't do it well. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movement wasn't great, but I got it done. There was a day last week that, and this doesn't happen too often because I really do enjoy what I do at the gym. But I walked in, and it was a busy. I couldn't go in the. I usually I'm usually a morning person. 
couldn't go in the morning, so I went at like 6.30 where it's packed, right? And I'm like, God, I just don't want to be waiting around. I literally just walked inclined on a treadmill for 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, this is my workout today. Yeah. Um, you know, I jumped I the incline sometimes. to 11 and went, this is it. This is all I'm doing. Yeah. I put on a cutoff shirt for this. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I do that sometimes at Ferrell's because the, the kickboxing is like 15-minute warm-up and then yeah. 30 minutes of kickboxing. And I'm like, I feel horrible. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it through half of the kickboxing yep. part. So the half hour, and then I give myself an out. Like if I just really feel horrible, then I'm I'm allowing myself to leave, yep. and I've done that once. I've yeah. done that once where it actually point like yes, I think there's actually something wrong with me. I feel dizzy. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. unwell. Yeah. I'm going to leave. The rest of the times it's like, man, I've already been here for half an hour. Almost, I can do 15 more minutes of this. Almost now. everything with fitness is just take the first step. Like if you just, I'll just get warmed up. Yeah. Once you start moving, it's, I, yeah. and, and while there are people that are, that are like, oh, I don't want to do this. Nobody ever says that at the end of the workout. Nobody ever says, God, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. It's always, ha, huh, cool. That's done. And you always feel accomplished. Even if it's not an awesome workout, you still did something that unfortunately in our country, the vast majority of people are not doing. So there's always a win, I think, when you take away that you actually moved yourself. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm at, um, no, working from home, and I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to go down and do five push-ups. Sure. Like, I, of course I can do five push-ups. Right. I'm tired. I could, someone could wake me up at 9 a.m. and be like, hey, Tyson, do five push-ups. Yep. Right? And I could, I mean, sorry, at uh, yep. 2, 2 a.m. I could do that in the middle of the night, right? So, But then once I'm down doing five, it's like, well, I'm already doing push-ups. I could do Maybe I'll just do five more. You can do five then, more. You can get up to 15, oh. 20, something like that. So. Yeah. Until the injury's getting there. It's all done. <laughs> That's dude. true. Mess your, sh- mess your shoulder up. No, it, dude, it's everything. I, uh, right now, currently, as I'm talking, on my body, I did a leg day yesterday. My left knee is still throbbing. Um, I did boulder climbing about, shoot, I don't know, three months ago now. And my left, or right elbow, excuse me, my right elbow still is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, my toe is still not fully healed. Uh, my shoulder hurts with any repetition. Like, I'm like, this age thing sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's age and, you know, you are not the... Uh, Choose your words carefully. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I, a, I can't you, wait for this. You, you, are, you are not a stick figure by any stretch <laughs> no. of the imagination. You are in infinitely better shape than you were, you know, even a couple of years ago, right? Sure. But, and it's, it's so interesting... Human beings holding size is really hard on us. I it's just, just sh- shared with my wife yesterday a uh, stat I read that for every pound of weight you lose, it takes four pounds of pressure off your knees. It does? Yeah. I'm like, I my, mean, my knees are just jacked then. I, I would, uh, you know, I would joke when I, you know, I, I've kind of, I don't want to say I yo-yoed, but I've, there have been a couple year stretches where I went the wrong direction. Almost always pop back. The last round, I dropped 40 pounds. And then I would put on a 20-pound weight vest to do pull-ups. And feel like 20 pounds, it might as well have been another human holding on to me. Like, like it feels really, really heavy. And then you think, I was doing this before with an extra 40 pounds just wearing it around. You really do get the understanding. Like, going for one of the most popular CrossFit workouts that most people have heard about is Murph. Murph is a one-mile weighted run with a 20-pound uh, weight vest on. It, the freedom that comes at the end of Murph <laughs> when you pull that weight vest off of you, you're just like, you feel light as a feather. And that's, most of us are just carrying around a lot of extra weight. And that's... But it's a cycle for me, right? It, because, like, I, 
what's kept me from come visiting your gym is because I'm like I'm already hurt. Sure. <laughs> like yep. like every part of my body is hurting. Like that's what's it, it's just a fear right now. Like as soon I don't want to go day one and be like, well now I can't do this right, right. because yeah. um, no gym's cheap right. So you don't want to waste money at it and and not be able to do it. But so it's just like an endless cycle. Like I want to be doing all these other physical sure. activities. Yeah. But then because of my size, yeah, you know I, I'm not able to do it. And, much. and disclaimer. You're not, you're not anything other than freakishly normal these days, as sure. far as your body stature goes. So you know, but you, you look. Oh, speaking of all this fitness, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. But you look fantastic. I mean, and it's been awesome to watch your evolution on Instagram from a guy that was at one point in time the bulk of what you posted was about work <laughs> or about politics or alcohol. Or alcohol. <laughs> So now it's a guy that's posting about wellness and mental, you know, mental strength and going to the gym. Like that's a, you know, you and I have had our, our, our disagreements when it's come down to social media. Um, the nice part about social media is that it, it makes you pretty easy to track, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can see, uh, you know, uh, a change in, in who you are as a person. Um, I hope so. And, and it's, <laughs> and it, and I think that that's, that message is really liberating to a, to a lot of people. Um, yeah, a, I mean, I do. It's weird. It's weird to think that's a cycle too. Like I, I've thought about like hopping off social, and I've definitely cut back on a lot of mm-hmm. like Facebook. Like a lot of besides Instagram, I've cut back on a lot of other social. Yeah. Um, but like, I it's cool when you do get a message of, hey, that really helped me or. Hey, you inspired me to go do this. Like, I don't get it a lot. I'm not trying to say I'm some big influencer, but like, when you get one every now, every few months, it's like that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, I was just doing it to hold myself accountable a lot, yeah. right? Right. Uh, but it's kind of cool when you, when you can. I, I hate using the word inspire because it sounds like I'm doing so much more than I am. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when, when someone just appreciates the stuff you're putting out there, I find it also interesting in this double standard world that we live in. A client of mine, she's I've been with her for quite some time worked with her uh, through a number of marathons. She's certainly someone who posts very regularly about her her struggles with, um, you know, her back. She's had lots of back injuries. Um, when we first met each other, um, I was coaching at OTF, and she had told me that she's like, well, my biggest goal is to do a marathon. And she had just come off of a back injury, and I mean, couldn't really run even more than three miles. And we started to work together, and I said, of course you can. And it was, huh, I'm going to do this. Right? And so she worked really, 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 really hard at it. But one of the things that I struggled with, I watched her, I mean, she posts pretty religiously, usually one of those once a day kind of people, sometimes very motivational, sometimes very, um, sometimes very vulnerable. But I've actually compared your two posts Being a father of two two young girls, the comments that come on females' posts when they're posting about their workout journeys in, in comparison to males is really disturbing. Um, because I never hear anybody objectify you for your body. Um, you know, um, I never. Would ever know. I, you ever looked I, at my social media? It's most of what I do. But I mean, it's so oh, specifically on Justin's. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's. It, I have a shadow account. Like all, he, I mean, she shares, and she shared with me sometimes, like some of the things, like. 
people wanting to, her to send her certain things. People have like, shown me their DMs. Oh before. my god! I, believe it. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the part about social media. I think that that really does give me the, the it gives me the willies sometimes. Like, um, it's a we live in this world where a guy can post, and really, there's not a lot of. I follow this Instagram. Uh, she's she's into fitness. And about once every six months or 12 months, she'll start posting on Instagram and calling out all these people that she's got direct messages from. And I love it. It's like my, it's the only reason I still follow the account (laughs) because I love that opportunity of her just being like, Hey, here are the jerks over the last six months. I mean, Um, and a lot of the female CrossFit athletes have, have said things publicly about it that they've been, you know, like you would have no idea what these guys are saying to me, what they're, um, so that's the part that I wish social media is unfortunately a lot like the wild west you know it's yeah. it's hyper unregulated in so many different ways and I, the hyper unregulated part can be great for you know it's funny i just taught this in class the other day um can be great when people are screaming my first amendments um unfortunately your first amendment rights do not extend to social media sites and people don't seem to understand that First Amendment rights extend to the federal government and individuals, but when you're on Instagram, Instagram, you know, can pull your account for any reason. It doesn't matter what it is that you say. If you violate any of their procedures then or their policies, then God, just I mean, the president was a great example of that. Uh, president Trump, that is former, um, former president. Um, well, in some people's minds, <laughs> um, isn't he supposed to be put back in power here soon? Um, and Marj- or, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, other you know some of the other quack noodles that that tend to post some of the just the most insane things. Besides, I've still struggled. Um, I have, and I, I blame Justin for keeping me to to even have remotely of a positive attitude about it. Because I've there have been times where I've just kind of wholesale just disappeared from social media. But everything you just said goes back to what I've always said is it just really shines a light on who people really are. Yeah. It's, I mean, these people are around you, whether they're on the internet or not. Well. <laughs> Social media just helps, you know, show them for who they are. I don't know if you got a chance to watch uh, Netflix uh, just have uh, Jim Gaffigan's new, um, his new specials yeah. on there. And I love, like, he had this, this one bit about how, you know, COVID was great to find out who is actually truthfully insane in your family. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I think you're right. I mean, I think that there are some times where social media, unfortunately COVID, just really exposed people for who they truly were and what they really thought. I think the, the rational person kind of steps back and goes, oh my goodness, I thought there were these types of people. There are a lot of these types of people. And, and social media certainly gives them a home and a safe yeah. space, right? Yeah. Like some of these people have, and I'm not trying to identify any one idea that I've seen on social media, but hmm. any any one idea that you might think you're the only person that believes that, hmm. you can easily found, find a grip yep. to justify your behavior, yep. right? And, and so that I think that's what we're seeing more than anything is, is people are that may have had these thoughts or ideas and kept them for themselves no longer feel like they need to. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's trickled down, right? It's, it's given a voice to... And I have plenty of friends that are on school boards that have had these people that have been 
rallying other people who are now sending death threats yeah. and horrible, horrible things to these public servants who are, oh, by the way, getting zero dollars to be in these public positions, trying to do what they think is best for children while being attacked for rewriting history, while harming children because of mass policies. I mean, it's... And that's kind of what also scares me. It gives that... It makes it a lot easier for grassroots efforts of crazy people to, to work together. Now, it also gives grassroots of non-crazy people a great platform to, to work together, too. Um, and I guess that that's the... For every good thing that happens, you get the one bad thing that happens, too. I've been thinking about how humor is changing, too, as well. Um... There's a you can't be you can't you can't be funny online. Nope. Yeah, I don't even know what it means to be funny online anymore. I, I like Someone's think about it philosophically. Um, if you guys haven't seen the Bo Burnham special called Inside on Netflix, you got to check it out. Okay. It's amazing, amazing piece of COVID-inspired art. He's locked in his house and trying to do a comedy special. So he's got this one line from a song: "Can you be funny while locked in a room?" And it's like something that you and I agree on, Justin, we've talked about before. The, the definition of whether something's funny or not is whether it makes people laugh. Correct. And it doesn't go any deeper than that. If you want to put all these rules on it, like, you know, oh, it's only funny if this happens. This isn't funny. This isn't funny. It hey, if you were, somebody. Yeah. If you were around some. people, if you were in a room and you said it and people laughed, it was funny. But then online, you put something nobody laughs immediately, right? You don't even know if anybody's laughing at all. Yeah. I think about it at work, too, where you know, it's kind of like those little work jokes you know like they're kind of the equivalent of dad jokes where people give a little giggle when you say it yeah if you're on a, a Skype call no one's audio's on you say something there's dead silence you're like man if I did that land if I was in a room of 10 people in person <laughs> yeah and, and I said some little joke and everyone yeah. just deadpan back at me that would be horrible yeah but, so I, I have no idea how that went over well so. you're talking to a guy that teaches through humor and teaches 300 person lecture halls hmm I'm already. I can already like be patently offensive sometimes, you know. And, and it's. I'm offended. I mean, it's the back half of the show. At least with, <laughs> and at least with a room. What I've what I've started to notice, and it, I absolutely, it is harder to teach nowadays to 300 people because of because everybody a assumes your intent, right? They assume that the words that you were using, that it was you were meant to cause harm when you said that. And a lot of times, even in my situation, I've had people that have approached me saying, hey, I didn't really enjoy that you used that word. Sure. Um, and I went, okay, I, I understand that. Um, the irony was the last time that it came up, it was when I was lecturing about the First Amendment, which <laughs> there was some irony there that the student didn't see. Um, and what I had said was, is that, you know, the First Amendment, one of the things that it does is that it does protect speech that is unpopular and unpopular at certain times. It can, and it can even be, it can go from kind of offensive to insanely offensive. Uh -huh. I mean, it takes nobody, you know, five seconds to read anything from the Westboro Baptist Church and go, hey, that's horrible and that's terribly offensive. Um, but they have the right to say it. Right? Yeah. As long as they're not inciting violence. Now, what tends to be harder is how do we determine what is what is harm? 
And when you now have a society that does tend to seem to be harmed by hurt feelings, everything, right? I mean, and it, 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 I don't, I don't want to sit here from my, and I, I really did think about this um, from a white male privileged middle class background, like. What could you say to me that would be offensive to me and my heritage? I mean, I... Nothing. I have no... You couldn't... There's no slur used to direct at me. There's nothing that you could say because none of those slurs actually exist in the American lexicon. Which is interesting. Uh Like, well, I don't really know if I know how to be offended because none of the words that I use are offensive. Yeah. Because I've never had anybody call me that. But I think I think a white male can still be offended. Well, believe me, they clearly I mean, are by by, by economic class. <laughs> yeah. Um, by yes. You know, right. Could someone call you a redneck? Yeah. And you can or, say. Or oh, um, I think even the word, what was the word Hillary used? Oh, the deplorable. One? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm using that as a, as a counter argument, yeah. right? You can obviously be offended. Yeah. Uh, by being called something. Yeah. I'd yeah, say it, even in certain contexts, the word white is used in a derogatory way too. Could so. be. I mean, I. What I, had, I mean, the term "white male privilege" is used directly. Like you said, when uh, most of the time when someone says that, they're right. saying that to like take a jab it's at you. It's not a compliment. Without yeah, exactly. Yes, it's not I, a compliment. I was using it in terms of just saying, "I oh, listen. I recognize that I'm which in a good <laughs> make position. no mistake. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not privileged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not trying to defend anything there. I'm just saying like I can under it, it's and I'm probably going to get ridiculed for this, but I can understand where someone's coming up from without agreeing where someone's without coming from. Right. Without a doubt. I just, in my sense, like the word redneck. Yeah. I've never identified myself as a redneck. So <laughs> That's like, how I describe Right? Which is funny. Like, I mean, listen, I drive a Ford F-150 pickup with some rust on it. I mean, I guess I'm two steps away from slapping a redneck sticker on the back of yeah. it. Um, and, it, and, it, <laughs> and it means the same thing. It I'm going to hang those things for those <laughs> testicles from your uh, hitch. I'm going to steal some groceries out of the back. <laughs> uh, a lot of that's vegan. Get off my back. That's gotcha. totally. <laughs> no, you, you got vegan. Yeah, you got vegan. a rusted out truck with vegan, <laughs> vegan food in the back. There you go. What's going on? I'm just it's a walking like redneck right there. <laughs> yeah. But I. I mean, so, so go back to your class. You try to yeah. use a little humor about But I try somebody. to use humor, and, and I am going to be offensive to somebody. Now, the difference is is that, and I, and I know, I care, to an ex, I care to an extent, right? And what I said to the student when the student came and approached me about what, what, one of the things that I had said, and I said, do you recognize that intent is important? Well, of course. Do you think the word that I used in class was intentional to cause harm to you or other groups? And the answer was, no, I don't think it was intentional. It doesn't mean that just because it wasn't intentional doesn't mean that it didn't still cause some level of harm. So how does that relate to cancel culture that's right? happening today? I mean, and, so you're not famous. Nope. At least not, out, not oh, outside of this podcast this audience. Over. <laughs> Most downloaded podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> But you, you and Jamie are going for the, the prize. Like we we've seen that over and over and over yeah. again, right? Like like I've said this uh, to to people multiple times, but we have we have morphed into this judging the the person instead of the act, right? Um, where you you know I can say that was a shitty thing to say, yeah. without saying you're a shitty person, without a doubt. <laughs> and, and I mean, I try to practice this with my daughter, right? Yeah. I don't say, uh, you know. 
you're stupid. Why'd you do that? Or yeah. that was stupid. I say, you know, that decision you made probably wasn't the best decision. Right. Right. Doesn't make you a bad person. No. Just makes you. But but then, at what age does that have to go away? Uh, you well, know. And to bring it back to social media, I think a lot of what I see is people just trying to find fault with other people. It's not to say there's not a role in that. We should just let everyone slide. But um, it's just over preoccupation with what other people are doing wrong. Yeah. Sort of focus on what you can do. What can you do in your life a little bit better? Um, and you're what right. What responsibility do you have individually for things? You know, it's a better question to ask, more useful. But. Well, it, uh, I'm surprised it took this long for me to say the word stoic, but <clears throat> stoic philosophy is actually, you know, Marcus Aurelius is very clear on this. You know, why why would we take the opinion of others at, the, at its face value when that person doesn't have a good opinion of themselves? And it's not to say, why do I care about your opinion? But at the end of the day, it's your opinion. And, and you can be, have the opinion that I'm X, Y, or Z. At, okay. Now, some of those opinions can cause people to lose money, uh, status, um, their jobs. I mean, lots of things. Uh, but at the same time... You, I think, have to focus on doing and being the best person that you possibly can. And really, at the end, this is this is the one thing that if you were, if I were to go back in time and be the McLean County Democratic Party chair again, is the one thing that I would change about myself. Okay. Stop caring about the opinion, and it wasn't just the opinion of others; it was a caring about everybody's opinion, because all of a sudden I realized. I mean, in one party. I was attacked for being both too far to the right and too far to the left. I mean, my own identity was being ripped apart because I couldn't even tell what I was. Am I a conservative? Am I a socialist? Am I a... Because depending on who you talk to, they had a different opinion of me. Um, and others were, I was only there, you know, I was only there for power. All the power all that the, the county All cares. the power <laughs> that it has. Power. Right? <laughs> and, and, it. And, and, and turned it over willingly. Right? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's... But people craft their own narratives in their own minds about the way that the world works around them. I'm doing it, you're doing it, right? We're all creating our own narratives. And too often, I think that those narratives are simply looking for hurt and pain and and strife. Uh, some of it is real. I mean, there's some real bad crap going on in this world. But other of it is just, man, it's manufactured for the sake of manufacturing it. Like, there are some people that I have now, I'm just now convinced that you just want to be upset. Yeah, you just want to be people. sad. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I want to hug those people more. I don't. <laughs> or just run the other direction. I don't, because I tried. I tried. You know, I tried to... Maybe too. I tried to understand, and I tried, like... I try to be as empathetic as I can towards when someone tells me they're hurt or, yeah. uh, you know, but when you recognize that, like, you're just mad at everything. Yeah. And, and unless you have a cause to fight for with every conversation, you don't feel you're valuable. Yeah. And that's sad. And if that thing that you are talking about right now got fixed, that it might actually be a bad thing for you because right. then you wouldn't have that to complain about, you know? And, 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 and you're so right about that. Like, there are so many people that hang their identity upon their their grudge. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's just... There's no way to live. And, and I, I, I've been, I, and I say all this like I've been sucked into that yeah. shithole oh, before sure. too myself, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not calling anyone out specifically because I've been there. 
I think what I'm trying to say is you got to be able to recognize that and try to dig out of that hole. Well, and isn't that, I mean, if someone were to ask you, you know, the the prior to, you know, Justin struggling with alcohol and other these things, what's changed? Well, what really changed was your awareness. Yeah. You became aware that, wow, this is what I want for my life. And this is what's getting in the way of having that life. Well, there's only one rational solution here. It's it's a removal of this. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's not a, well, I need to work through and figure out how. No, it's a, right? I, I love the... The, the root of the word decision, right, is desir, which means to cut, right? It's no no other option, right? And when it comes time to working out, there there was a time where going to the gym was a choice. Now it's not a choice for you anymore. Your decision is I'm going to the gym every day. It's a beautiful thing when you can wrap your head around that concept. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like it, it simplifies life so much. Um, that's the, the the idea that once you decide, it's it's decided, it's yep. done. It's yep. no longer like I've done it several times throughout my life, and probably un, unrealized, not realizing it yeah. throughout. Like quitting smoking, I did the same thing. I sure. quit cold turkey. Um, said, all right, I'm done. I'm done doing that. Yeah. And then alcohol. I literally, I've told this story a couple times. I woke up one morning, went, well, that was. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And you know, that was almost two years ago. Um, and, and working out, like yeah. I'm going to work out every day. It's decided. It's decided. <laughs> um, if that means incline on a treadmill for 45 minutes, it's sure. incline on a treadmill for 45 yeah. minutes. Workout doesn't always have to be right. picking up weights. It no. can be anything. It yeah. can be movement. Um, you know, and, and, but what I, what I struggle with still um, is some of the, like, uh, when I feel like I'm letting someone else down by quitting something. Sure. Smoking, alcohol, working out, all those things are just me. It's you. Right. But like, if if I'm if I'm tasked with something that I feel like other people are benefiting from, but it's hurting me, mm-hmm. sometimes that's hard for me to say no. Sure, I'm not doing that. Anymore. That's what that's that's what I'm working through currently. Yeah, is lo- is looking at my life and all the things that like, why am I doing this? Am I afraid I'm going to let someone else down? And you know, what is this? Yeah. Um, and Eric, like I, I think about you a lot because I've noticed um, over the last couple of years the, what you've cut out. Yeah. Like I, I've noticed your focus on what is bringing positivity to you and the cutting out of everything else and just the way you're more control over what's happening to you um and it's a little envious because i haven't gotten there yet yeah you will i mean but and and i don't there are days where i don't feel like a big giant shining example and then there are other days where i'm like where you can step back and look at something objectively and go wow right i've always kind of i've always kind of looked at life as i don't I don't like dimmer switches. Yeah, I feel that. Right? I mean, because I think either the light's on or the light's off. And we overcomplicate things. Absolutely. When we're in darkness, we at least know we're in darkness. All right? When the light's on, I have light and I can see what's going on. It's the dimmer that kind of causes some of the problem because I kind of see what's going on, but I'm kind of obscured as well. And that's where I think a lot of the really bad decisions come from. You have an example that comes to mind? Yeah, so there's a, you know, people, specifically ones that, you know, when we come time to working out, have made that, well, I'm going to work out three days a week. I hate it, right? I tell them, there are seven days in the week. (laughs) We can move every day. Now, does that mean that you have to go, if we're we're rating your scale, we're not going at a 10 every day, right? Sundays are my my, uh, relaxation day. I'll still work out twice today. I'll do a 60-minute yoga, and I'll take a 30-minute walk. 
it's low impact. It's not overly, you know, it's not overly um, difficult, but it's a, I've made the decision that I'm going to move. And for some people, that's, that's even a bridge too far. And so that, like for wor- working out, it's not, it, it, it's black and white. Um, when it comes time to people that I've kept in my life, it's black and white. If you don't add anything to my life, then you're not a part of my life, period. And it's it's hard. COVID is obviously, at, at first it made it a lot easier. I was going to say, it probably helped. It, it helped did. me. It, it, made it, it made it a lot easier. Now, there were some people that kind of got cut out just because... Sure. It was harder to it was hard, it was harder to maintain relationships, and I'm I'm not a I am horrible at digital communication, always have been, and have purposely gotten even worse because I recognize that digital communication it, for me it's not communication that I want to engage in. I I still believe, and this is you know bringing it back to social media. It's it's rarely is that. It's not real. Even even when someone's being really vulnerable on it, it's almost always worse. Or it could be better. I shut someone down on just speaking communication. Yeah. And, and when I say shut them down, that's harsh. That's not really what happened. But um, I had posted, speaking of social media and how much you know, like I posted something that someone was not a fan of, um, and they reached out to tell me that. <laughs> and I understood where they were coming from. Yeah. Um, I apologize for making them feel that way. Uh, but they still seemed like they were upset, and some ba- like a couple of messages back and forth occurred. And at one, I said, "Listen, I mean, I apologize. I'd love to talk to you more about it in person, but yeah. I'm not going to continue to justify anything because nope. it's not going to do any good through messaging like yep. this. Um, you know, and if it's that important where your feelings are hurt, then we should get together in person, right? Yeah. That's the way it should happen. Um, so I do understand that. Like it's, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I, 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 there's a part of me that, I mean, I know at work. I mean, when I get emails, I feel a little piece of my soul just kind of flitters away. Like, I just don't like digital communication. <laughs> um, I don't like the idea of being available 24-7. I don't believe people should have access to anybody 24-7. Um, yes, like medical services, things of that nature. But I, you know, I... What's I don't know how either of your jobs work. Yeah. Uh, but when I switched careers almost two years, a year and a half ago, uh, that was one of the first things I noticed is that the expectation of me being mm-hmm. available twenty four seven went away. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This is great. I, I and, and I mean, I was I was a insurance agent, financial yeah. representative for almost seven years. Prior to that, I was a, a sales manager for thirteen. So yeah. always on every vacation had a laptop. Yeah. Messages at nine ten o'clock at night, not yeah. uncommon. Um, and like it just really and like I'm not saying that every now and then I don't get an email at night or you know during the weekend or whatever but mm-hmm. oh my gosh like I had no idea other people lived that way right <laughs> I really didn't I had right. no idea my entire adult life was spent yeah. like I'm on all the time yeah one of the things which I has I probably lend itself to how I think about social media and yeah. other other things yeah, as well I bet one of the things I tell people when they join my team and start reporting to me is that I sometimes sleep erratic hours, sure. so I might just be... You might get an email from me at 2 a.m. because that's when I happen to be right. awake, and I was purely on there, like, trying to clean out my email. This is not an indication that I expect you to be checking your email <laughs> at 2 a.m. It's not an indication of urgency. I don't expect that to be the first yep. thing you do. It is purely because 
I happened to be awake for some reason and I had lots of emails to clean out and that's what I was doing. Yeah. In fact, you responding would actually be a bad thing because I'm trying to get rid of emails. I'm not trying <laughs> to get don't any add more to out it. of here. So, uh, but with you prefacing it with your team and everything, that's mm-hmm. that's a total different story. Rather can, than, I, can I recommend, though, the delay? Yeah. Yeah. The sin delay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm on my laptop, I just store them up in my drafts folder. Uh, Sometimes, on, usually yeah. I'm just doing it on my yeah. phone, and it's too hard to do that stuff. Well, and what I noticed, you know, dealing with anything, especially in terms of politics, one of the ways, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and toot my horn like I was some amazing local legislator when I was on the county board, but I could get stuff done. Your statue is getting commissioned. Well, <laughs> Um, a lot of birds to poop <laughs> on that thing. Um, I could get things done because I could just sit down and have a beer at the time um, or have a coffee with somebody. Mm-hmm. Just to sit and really truthfully connect to a human being is so much more choice worthy than, than what so many people do. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, I have a. My dad and I, you know, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was an adult, and my dad, my dad and I have, a, unfortunately, uh, you know, love my father to death, but we have a mainly text message based relationship, and, and he even lives here in town. And sure, there are times where that's a source of pain. I'd rather put my arms around my father. I'd rather just sit down and go to lunch. Uh, but when, oftentimes, and it's not just him, but it's others that. And probably the three of us have no fear in talking to other people. So that's a real fear with a lot of people. They they don't yeah. handle that type of conversation well. That was actually something interesting that um, my wife pointed out to me. It was about the podcast and about how much we should structure conversations ahead of time and how much we should prepare for conversations <laughs> yeah. ahead of time. And I, I said that I intentionally don't do that because I just enjoy the activity of conversation. Really? We said when we sat down here, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, yeah. but we're three guys who enjoy each other's company. And so it's dangerous, too, though. It, see what it, happens. it is. Um, it is. But she pointed out that, like, that's great that we, in, like, engage with people yeah. in that way. And I, she said that down. that is not how she engages, actually, with anybody. No. Uh, if she's going into any conversation, even, like, with her best friend, she's running through... Okay, so I'm having coffee with so and so, so we could talk about this and yeah. that, and like she doesn't know about this, so I could tell her about that. She gets kind of like an agenda yeah. for the meet, but not that she follows the agenda, but it's like that's the, the information that's available. But it's kind of anxiety-inducing. It's like yeah, I have to sit down one on one and talk to somebody. Like I'm gonna have to do some prep. I'm gonna be like tired afterwards, and um, you gotta like you gotta respect that as well too. Sure. And, and it made me reflect it for some people then listening to this. Uh, this unstructured podcast would probably probably bring up some of those bad feelings of <laughs> anxiety-inducing conversations. And again, I say, just then don't listen to it. Please yeah, don't absolutely. do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like something that's killing me about work right now is my team is spread over um, four different states. We're in Illinois, Dallas, Georgia, and Washington State. And we cannot find a way to get all together. Sure. We tried to meet in person. The COVID stuff hit. That all got canceled. And like... It's just, it's such an ordeal to, like, meet people in person with COVID restrictions right now. And we try to use virtual techniques to to bridge that gap. I'd say we get, like, 90% of the value, but there's just that extra missing 10% that, like, it's really hard if I haven't met someone in person to fully feel like I know. Oh, without a doubt. And I don't know how much that's going to change things, you know. We've got kids that are in this, you know, in the, you know, some of them 
my daughter, that when they flipped the Unified mass policy overnight, uh, the the address, and my daughter's like, hey, I saw some people's faces for the first time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He wasn't nearly as cute as I thought he was. <laughs> um, I'm like, and that's the answer I want you to have with all of the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was funny, like, really thinking about that, you know, she's a sophomore. Some of these kids haven't seen each other's faces, like, legit in three years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh my God! What and do you guys think your kids are gonna do at school? Have they? Have you talked about? What yeah, we did. Out? I talked to my daughter because initially my daughter goes, "I'm still gonna wear a mask." Um, I actually told her, "I'm like, here's what I would recommend: when you're sitting at your desk, take your mask off." Yeah. I go, "You do what you want. I'm gonna tell you, you have to do that." Yeah. But you've spent two plus years, you know, with that mask on. I go, "Have some freedom there. Yeah. Like, take your take your mask off." If you still feel like when you're walking down hallways, you're in cafeterias, then yeah, by all means wear your mask. I said, but you know, it's, it's interesting. It's exactly what where the conversation in our family went. Yeah. It's a very reasonable level of risk to take for yeah. the benefits of yeah. having that that freedom when you're yeah. you're sitting down. It's basically what we're doing at work now for vaccinated people. If you're sitting down, you can you can take. Your That's mask how it's off, been so. at my work for a while. Um, I think they're they're going to go with the governor saying not have to wear masks yeah. um, which I mean honestly like I see 12 people when I go to the office so because you know everybody's working from home yeah. Um, yeah. so I don't think it's that big of a deal but I, and I I, dude, I mean I, I don't want to wear masks I hate wearing masks yeah I, I, I don't know of anybody that masks. loves it and, and honestly like I'm so boosted with vaccines I feel pretty secure sure so Unless I'm in a real crowded space, I don't feel a need to wear it. Yeah. Like, even when walking out of here, I'll wear it because it's still the wall right now. But but when I walk out of here, I'd rather not have to put it on. Like, I just... Agreed. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite lines from Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club, for those of you that have ever read or ever watched the movie, he talks about there's this whole section in there about the illusion of safety, mm-hmm. right? About putting seatbelts on, uh, you know, on an airplane or... You know, one of my favorites was they were showing the, the picture of the people in the seat cart as they're yeah. having a crashing procedure at 4,000 feet. And he's like, you know, look at their faces, calm as Hindu cows. Um, and and always makes you think, yeah, that is pretty silly. I mean, truthfully, a lot of the things that we do are an illusion of safety. Sure. Um, whether that's a helmet on a motorcycle, whether that's a seat belt, whether that's, right? yes. It, is the science pretty straight up when it comes time to good mass? Yeah, I mean, there's the, you're going to have protections elevated over not having a mask. Right. And there's a reason why doctors wear masks okay. too, right? right? Without a doubt, right? So, yeah, um, I mean, clearly, it's not just something we made up in 2020. It's, it's a real thing. Doctors have been wearing masks to prevent the spread of diseases. Yep. It's, it's, clearly, they yep. do something. Yeah. But at the same time, and this is this is something I, I have argued with people about this left and right. Um, and it's it's not to devalue. I think COVID has been horrible. What did I hear? That we're we're still on the each week we're losing like five. It's like five nine elevens each week mm-hmm. um, in terms of yeah, like two to human three thousand, two right? three thousand deaths a day. When you think yeah. about it like that, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh my god! Um, and and that was terrible. But I also am in the field of of health, fitness, and wellness. And I watched the vast majority of Americans are dying because of preventable 
illnesses such as right? why is that controversial to say and, and, and that, which, that's what bothers me i agree like, like and the majority of covid deaths are, are people who are obese yeah it, it's the but like that's controversial to say it is like right? people will get upset because yes. if you are old obese and or unvaccinated you should be very careful yes. if you are young vaccinated i believe in science of, but you can't pick and choose what science well, you believe science. in that's science yeah that is. Is science is looking at the statistics and i and that's where i get frustrated and you know I'm, I'm, so my daughter she's like so how come you know if plenty more people are dying because of heart disease this year how come we're not freaking out about heart disease car accidents i said because it's become normal because we have a lot of senators and congressmen that are overweight you got it like honestly right? like, like it's the same reason the kkk is still around yep like it really is like it's I, not it's it's it, that's that's why it's, it's why not rocket science it's why we look at them different than the yeah. al-qaqa well, because we probably have a white supremacist but a lot of the Washington. a lot of the elected officials are in the bag for the dairy association and the yeah, meat, yeah. and the money association the yeah. money's the money's the driver same people had grain on the bottom of the food pyramid when we were young right yeah yeah. And getting and being overweight and overbeast is great for business. Yeah. And also it turns, again, to go back to the individual responsibility, I like to sit around and say, like, man, that person's not wearing a mask when they should be. They're a bad person. Yeah. Oh, that person's wearing a mask when they shouldn't be. They're, you know, they're a sheep, right? Yep. It's so much more fun to say that versus, like, or even to get a shot, right? Oh, I got vaccinated. It's cool. I went to a place one time and got something stuck in my arm. I'm right. clear now. It's not like, oh, well, you're telling me I need to have, like, daily improvements in my my food and exercise habits like oh that's that's too much for me man i can't right. i don't like that message like i'm i'm responsible for my risk profile yep. well, i mean and, and when you when you look at a lot of the people right i used to joke with my kids about this they were the ones that when the mask mandate was right smack in the middle of it and everybody was supposed to have it on at the grocery stores and stuff like that you know my daughter would be like can you believe that person just isn't wearing their mask i said honey look at the person don't worry about them do they look like they're ma- making other good decisions in their life like, but that's, that's probably an overgeneralization. Though. But he, in terms of that person was at least 150 pounds overweight. I would probably right? go along the lines of let's just stop worrying about what other people are doing and make decisions for ourselves, right? But other people's but, decisions affect but you. But their decisions affect me, and that's that's the only reason. And that's, that's why we can't smoke in here. And I had always said, right? I don't, you know, if if COVID only affected those people that made that decision, then I'd be okay with it. Right? That's why, like, if a person chooses not to wear their seatbelt, like, usually, right, I do know that, yes, of course, they could end up being a projectile and hit me in my car, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if you make dumb decisions and those dumb decisions only hurt you, if you're Siegfried and Roy and you put yeah. your head into the tiger's mouth and the tiger shuts his mouth, at some point in time, you're like, well, you put your head in a tiger's mouth. Yeah. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Where, where this one is, is that, well, because you chose not to wear your mask, you got me sick, and I made all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, sometimes thankfully, I think the stuff we're pretty that much frustrates to the point me. With, thankfully, that's where I, think, I feel like we're at that point now, basically, where, again, if you're if you're at a certain risk profile and you're vaccinated and you're managing your risk, the, the risk is very small for smaller. Uh, absolutely. So I mean, I, I did you like have, did you have COVID? Nope. Did uh, you have COVID? No. Not that I was yeah. aware of. I, me either. Yeah. Like more my, my entire house avoided yeah. it. Yeah. And my I would, oldest got it. I would say we were cautious, but not overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't, I don't feel like we hibernated for six months or anything, yeah. but, yeah. but we wore masks and washed our hands and sanitizer and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just fun. I don't know. I don't, it's, it's odd to me that, 
how how and when people get it. The thing I that's mean, so weird to me still is that there's so I've heard so and it sounds like your your family's another one. There's been so many families where like one or two people get it in the yeah. family, and other like, people don't. I did not everybody like, get it. I, I, I thought this thing was like super contagious yeah. and virulent. You got people yeah. in the same house, like with I had a friend circulating through the same house, and you're not getting. I don't. Who, I had understand. a friend who who still slept in the same bed with his wife because they just assume like, well, we're not gonna get in a hotel, so you're gonna get it. Let's just get this over with. And the wife never got it. Could yeah, like the whole bad. time. Could have been a bad test, I guess. Well, and that's. Oh no, he was he was going. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and my kids, they had some arguments with some of their kids. About you know their friends about vaccines and it was kind of weird with some of them. Most of my children's friends were all big into you know hey this is something we need to do. And my daughter came to me, my oldest, and she you know she's 15. She's like, so what do you think about vaccines? I said I'm gonna lay it out for you here real quick and then we're gonna be done with this conversation. When I was a kid, uh, I got chicken pox. Did you guys get chicken pox? I did. Right? Yeah, chicken pox. Right. When you got chicken pox and pretty much everybody our age. Had chicken pox. And yeah. when you did, mom, my mom, I remember my mom bringing my sister home. She's like, all right, everybody's getting chicken pox, and yeah. we're just going to get past this. And then I asked Maddie, and I said, Maddie, you have any friends that have had chicken pox? She went, no, I don't have any friends that have had chicken pox. I said, do you know why? It's because you had a vaccine when you were a baby to stop you from getting chicken pox. And guess who got that vaccine? Pretty much everybody, because they required that one in order for you to go to school. This is why vaccines work, right? But interesting thing with that, and this is this is delving into speculative, like science and medicine. But it's an interesting case study. Uh, my wife got shingles. Yeah, okay? I've had it. You've had it too. Yes. Pe- people our age didn't used to get shingles, right? And Which is the chicken pox part two is the, is the better way to label exactly. it. Exactly. You have to have had chicken pox in order to have had. Yes, but. The theory runs that usually around this time, your kids would have been gotten kids in chicken pox. And so you'd get a dose of it, and it's almost like an inoculation. And that's why people didn't used to get shingles. And there's kind of like a it's like a 40-year cycle to it. Yeah. And so people in their, like, 30s, 40s now are getting it because yep. we're not getting exposed to it anymore. Sure. And then now, like, we skip over that. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's an interesting it uh, is. side consequence of and, that. And the, the one thing that I have loved about, I mean, again, I don't... I'm not a medical expert. It makes total sense to me. And the point is, like, anytime you mess with one thing, other consequences come down. But I think that what you point out is super awesome and something that we are not very good at about doing in this country. It is understanding that science isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. And when we think we have something figured out, new information on the ground can change that. I think that people that have worked in campaigns probably are awesome at this, right? Because you realize that something changes on the ground all the time. Like your candidate does something stupid Uh or the person you're running against said something in a venue on a hot mic and now the campaign has made this switch. We got new information, therefore we go in a different direction. That's how science works too, right? I mean, we thought we knew this. Any rational person right now that's sitting around thinking that this COVID thing is done for is smoking crack, Uh right? Why? We had the, the first strain, peak, drop. We had Delta, peak, drop. We had uh, Omicron, peak, now we're in the middle of drop. But at the, I guarantee you, go back and look at posts, go back and look at articles that were out during the drop phase, they're always talking about it being over. At this point in time, we've now done this three times. Isn't it rational to go, 
probably got a COVID season. There's probably well, another one coming. Yeah, and that I was mean, Joe Rogan's point on yeah. video you sent me, Justin. That oh, was pretty buzzword. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, he, he, you know, Joe Rogan's being criticized for having people not talking about COVID, and he's like, he's like, you know, he said you can try to, uh, to paraphrase. He can can always try to do better. He's open to what people think. However, some of the things that you would have gotten like canceled for saying, like perhaps it was in a, manufactured in a lab or. Um, yeah. But perhaps uh, masks aren't as effective as we thought they were. You would have gotten like shut down for doing that. Yeah. Well, now this stuff is like now they're figuring out that's actually you know yeah. a le- legitimate theory, and you should be able to get out and First Amendment. It's not exactly First Amendment, but right. freedom of speech more generally. You should be able to get out and say what you think. And the 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 best response to bad speech is more speech, is well, not less speech. Out of doubt. So yeah. And that that was always the framers' intent. Yeah. Right, Madison was clear that more speech is a good thing. The fear that I guess I still have, and I wish I didn't have this fear, was that while you have the freedom of speech, you have the freedom of expression, you have freedom of religion, you have all of your freedoms, people also have a freedom to think. Uh-huh. And You have those consequences, and I, and I get that. The thing with... Um, like Joe Rogan, and there's others that I could name off. Uh, Al Franken, and uh, a couple other like canceled type yeah, type Justin people. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just uh, like what, what, why do you pick again? You're you're judging the person instead of the act. Like you could say Joe Rogan's an idiot for saying this. Yeah, and he was. It doesn't mean that he's a, like everything. I mean, he's had Bernie. He's had all these other people on. I don't listen to his show pretty regularly because I don't have that three hours to do it, but. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know why everybody's picking on this guy. Yeah. Um, and then the same people. This is just this irritated me during the Super Bowl. The exact same people that are saying that you know Spotify should cancel Joe Rogan are the same people that are praising Eminem during the halftime show. Look at all the shit Eminem has said yeah. throughout his career. Why? Yeah, why are we not doubt. canceling this guy? He should. Misogyny is a big part of his brand. Oh, without <laughs> a doubt. I mean, look at just the blunt words he says in his songs sure. and, and and Snoop's the same. Snoop's the same way. Dre's That's like most the, most of rap in his. Right, right. Is. But no, they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. But just well, they don't mean it. It's art. Yeah. Well, well I mean, whatever. Yeah, I just, whatever. again, like, I can say that, you know, Eminem uh, making derogatory comments about, about about the LGBTQ community yes. is not appropriate. Right. I don't like it. Yep. Um, I don't think he should, like, lose all credibility on anything yeah. else he ever does or says. The same way I can say that about Joe Rogan. Yeah. I don't think him saying the N-word was appropriate. No. Which is he apologized for. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should discredit everything he ever says be, beyond that. No. Right? Al Franken did something when he was a comedian. Right. <laughs> that got him canceled a decade later when he was a senator. Yeah. Like, this is... And, and a... And a Depending on what side you're on, it's a pretty damn good senator. Accomplished yeah. things. He, whether you like him or not, he accomplished things as a senator. Yeah. But because of something he did when he was a comedian, yeah. no, nah, that's not good. Or some states that have moved so far as to, you know, to, to say, well, we should cancel someone like George Washington because he owned slaves. Oh well, my. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, uh, can't we again? Can't we just say that was that a bar, horrible right? act? It yeah. d- doesn't discredit everything else a person Without does. A doubt. And, and this goes back to like you know throwing stones at glass houses thing. Without a doubt. Right. Like screw you if you think you're perfect. Because <laughs> none of us are. We have all made mistakes. Hopefully, most of us have owned up to those mistakes. And and you've been judged. Do you have? Is it worth you having your entire livelihood destroyed? No. no right. I don't like Tucker Carlson. I can't. <laughs> 
understand <laughs> anything about the man. Very punchable face. I still don't right? know how he had a career after John Stewart came on Hardball. I, <laughs> I thought that was like the end. Yeah. Tucker and whoever that other guy was apparently ended yeah. his, but not Tucker. He, but guess what? Alive. Tucker has a right to say pretty much whatever he wants to say. Yeah. But I think we also have the to... The only thing that bothers me about that compared to Joe Rogan is they call that news. They call That, that is news. my biggest pet and, peeve today and, and, is what they call news. Like, Joe Rogan never says, I'm news. This is science. Like, he d- sure. You know, Fox and, and other mainstream media, CNN and MSNBC, say this is news when it's really just a bloated opinion. And... Free speech. All of us have heard the famous, you know, example of you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because it incites violence. The framers never intended for false speech that causes harm and imminent violence to be protected. It, it's just not, which is what points so deeply to what happened on January 6th in the insurrection, right? These were words that were used that the people that were there and listened to those words then turned around and did exactly what the speakers were saying. Yeah. We got to watch out for that in ourselves, though, you know, to bring it back to. And I'm reflecting on in our in our discussion right here, we're saying, oh, those people are bad that they do their thing. Yeah. I mean, I do it, too. 100%. I'm That's why on, I, I, um, I try to pause every now and then and say, I yeah. do this, too, yeah. just so everybody's exactly. aware. <laughs> I was just doing it with the, the school mask thing, you know, like the people who are so against it and... You know, it's like I, I would love to be as confident about anything as those people sure. are confident about yeah. having you know, not needing masks in schools. Like I would never go and like picket a, a public body. I, I just can't envision myself Me like doing. I'd always be like, well, you know, there's two sides to it. I can see where they're coming from. Right. <laughs> like the and so I'm looking at them like you know they don't know what they're talking. They're overbearing. Yeah. They're you know not informed. So and so, but. And just trying to step, like, what's my role in this, right? Yep. What is my role in that particular issue? Yep. I have to decide what I do. I have to decide what my kids do. Yep. Those who I have responsibility for at work, I have yep. to give them clear guidance. And I think probably my responsibility is also to be transparent with other people. Like, if I'm not feeling well, we were doing this today. Yeah. Hey, guys, just want to let you know, I have a cold. I think it's a cold. Right. I haven't been tested. You still want to get together or do you want to cancel, right? Yeah. We need to get home. Comfortable having, which we probably should have been but doing isn't that before. Just right? Respect for other. People? We probably should have been doing yeah. that before COVID. Like if I'm here, like hacking and coughing and sneezing yeah. the whole time, it's not really good for me to be six feet away from you. Yeah. Like that's well, that's, that's a, a polite thing we can add to our our tools <laughs> in social interaction. Right? True. Um, yeah. It is, and it is hard because oftentimes when we do talk about the other people. Um, and I, I'm absolutely guilty of this, that you think that your way of handling it is the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. To them, they actually think the exact same thing. Yeah. They think that their outrage is completely justified. And, and you do sit there and go, I mean, if I thought my child was somehow being harmed by a mask, I mean, I, you can't help but laugh at some of those Jordan Klepper interviews that he does on Comedy Central, but those people who are saying the things on the... Like, they're... You can tell they feel it in their soul. Like, they really yeah. do believe what it is that they're saying. And and sometimes it's, uh, how is it possible that you think that? Um, and but you should a, ask that question genuinely, not as a rhetorical question, right? Uh, uh, well, like and it's, you yes. should try to understand, either try to understand or just respect that they disagree this with This is, you, right? like, the amount of time, and this I think is relatable, the amount of time I spent thinking, like, why did Trump win, I oh. think is what's appropriate. Instead of bashing, like, their, their deplorables and yeah. all this kind of stuff, it's like, what were they thinking? Yeah. Because 
a large reason why he won was like the blue collar union type person that has always historically been Democrat. And he got a lot of that vote. All right, why? What are those people feeling that the Democratic Party isn't providing, right? It's that, and I think we could do the same with all of these yeah. types of controversial issues. Well, it, this, this has been bouncing around in my head. I, I'm curious, if I, maybe if I like say it, it might make sense or not. I'm curious what you guys think, though. Um, the, the mass have become symbols, I think, for, for both sides of the issue. Yeah. It's more clear to me what it means to the anti-mask people. Um, It's like uh, a um, symbol of government tyranny. It's Uh a symbol of the government being able to pass a rule and make you put something on your face. And they see it as being, like, tyrannical, and that's why, um, like, the word evil was used in that judge who overturned the mask mandate. Like, you know, if you consider government tyranny to be evil, which, you know, it's... Uh, if you look back at history, government tyranny can be pretty darn evil, so I think it's fair to put that label yeah. on it. Then you can see that. I think for the pro-mask people, the really pro-mask people, I think it's... I hate that term. I think it's <laughs> a... Uh, What's well, like the... Yeah, because I'm not. Right. I, th- I think it's more of a symbol of, like, responsibility and consideration. Yes. Like, I am. I am doing this because it's my. Du- it's like a symbol of like duty. And like I said, me putting on this mask and leaving this place is not for me. It isn't. Yeah. I feel pretty safe leaving it without a mask. Yeah. It's, it's different to me. So so yeah. I think then it's like if someone wants to take the mask off, it's like well then you just want to like kill people around you, right? Yeah. You're not being considerate of the people around you. Yeah. I think in reality, like the mask is a mis- It's a risk mitigation technique. Right? Yeah. Like it's it's a, a thing that may be acceptable or not in certain situations based on your assessment of the risks and your assessment of the benefits of doing that and like lumping it as either tyranny or it's one of the other it's two extremes two extremes yeah um, more extreme yeah I don't know or even when I've no I know what you're saying I have students that firmly fit into the it's tyranny camp Right, you know, ones that have come to class and are like, "I'm only doing this because I'm forced," and I know I'll get the university cops call on me if I don't. And I've sat down and I, at, at one of the things that I asked them, a couple of the students, and I really like having these interactions with people because nine times out of ten, even a person that you have an, a full-on disagreement with, there's usually a lot of common ground when you can isolate for the emotion. So I, I pulled it back. I said to the, the student, I said, do you like Tony's Tacos? The kid's like, well, who doesn't like Tony's Tacos? Tony's Tacos is fantastic. And I said, do you like somebody's hair in your taco? And the answer was, no. Why would I want somebody else's hair? I said, so is there something that we could require businesses to use in order to keep hair out of tacos. He's like, well, probably hairnets and stuff like that for people that have them. I said, it's a good idea. <laughs> how would we go? How would we go ahead with making sure that we could implement a plan to keep hair out of tacos? Well, we could make rules that say that businesses, if you have hair of a blah 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 blah, then you have to wear this hairnet. I said, and would you say? that doing that is for public health reasons, right? It's probably not good that you're ingesting somebody else's hair, right? And he's like, of course not. I said, and you could see the kid's face all yeah. of a sudden going, uh-huh. uh, like, 
and I always giggled with people when they were like, you know, when people would, because they would always leap to some sort of weird conclusion that the governor was instituting a mass mandate because somehow he was to benefit somehow from it. Like, where's the motive for the governor of the state of Illinois to institute a mass mandate? There's zero other than public health. You want to keep as many of your citizens as alive as you possibly can because I need to tax these people, I need them to smoke marijuana, I need them to go to shows, I need them to eat Tony's tacos and drink Little Beaver beer. Yeah. Period, right? So, yes, he wouldn't want you to die, but putting that mass mandate in place, the governor was getting the best information that he could from people who were experts that were sharing with him, hey, you should do this. I said to the same kid, I said, tell me about your experience with uh, engine filters in your car talking about so I don't know anything about cars I said but when the dealer comes out and says that you need to replace your engine filter and they told you there's a little red line on the thing you know that report that they give you that makes you scared of life like if you don't change this thing right now your whole car is going to explode how come you changed it because the guy that was behind the counter that has his name stitched on his shirt and grease under his fingernails looks like he knows what he's talking about and when he told me that I needed this I made sure that I went out and got it done I said, so we can trust, the governor's trusting those people in terms of public health to say, hey, this is a good thing. We don't want to do this, but sometimes we have to do stuff that we don't. I don't want to, I want to drive 70 in my neighborhood because I like driving fast. (laughs) But we recognize that it's probably better because there's a lot of kids in my neighborhood for me to drive 30 instead. Why is it Especially with groceries in the back. Especially with groceries that are probably melting right now. I heard a, one conservative commentator that I really appreciated early on in the pandemic said that he saw it as our like, as our patriotic duty to wear masks because it seems like the thing that we can do now to get our economy going again. Like it is the it is the bit we don't have a vaccination, we can't quarantine a home together, and so we should rally around masks as the solution for reopening our economic activity at this point. This was like April, May 2020, you know? It's a very, again, very reasonable thing, right? You can, you can take this precaution, you can yeah. mitigate this risk in this way, and this allows us a lot more freedom yeah. uh, to not, you know, to not be hurt, not hurting other people yeah. while we study this thing and figure it out. You know? yeah. And what's wrong with an abundance of caution? Like I, freedom. It's and that was always the part I guess that I freedom that I struggled with was makes my bald eagle pissed. (laughs) I did. (laughs) It's so, but it it felt like you know, there's lots of hills to die on, and I just kept going. What? What is it about this one that makes so many people go? I'm going down for this. This mask thing. We're not going to stand for it. This was it. Yeah. What? I think about like I'm thinking about in World War Two how they did things like, you know. Rationing of certain goods and yeah. rubber and converting factories yeah. is, is like so many things that we did to um, sacrifice for the greater good of yeah. the country in an effort. Um, Wouldn't they we, just be, you know, mortified now? Yeah. We couldn't do that kind of. We couldn't yeah. do that kind of thing anymore. It's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I was I. Again, when I try to lean in on things too, uh, Mike Rowe is a is a uh-huh. role model for me. I love the guy. Um, got a poster of him in my, uh, in my <laughs> office. Interesting. It's a poster of him that says, you know, it's oh. like there it was a there was a poster in his guidance counselor office that said, um, "Work, 
work smart, not hard. And it showed a guy like being miserable in a factory and then a guy holding a diploma. And so this is the worst advice I've ever heard. Yeah. You need to work smart and hard. Like they're not opposed to each other. It's not like, oh, go to college and then you just like can, you know, ride it out the rest of your life. It's, uh, anyway, I, I like him a lot. He has his phrase, safety third. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't clarify what first and second is, <laughs> but he's like, if, if safety's first, you're just never going to do anything. No, right? and safety's safety's got to be on the list, but it can't be first. Yeah, you know, um, I even say learning, like even just like learning about new things to be unsafe. Yeah, you gotta, but there's you know, also reckless abandon, right? I mean, Justin, sure. Justin, can't Justin be can, tenth. yeah, he could walk in and deadlift 500 pounds, but it's, you know, maybe he walks in, you know, I'm going to do seven today. Well, that's not. It's probably not a good decision. I mean, just because just because you can try something doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, got to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, but. and I, I, I hope, I hope. I, mean, I can't swim. You know what I do? Stay my ass out of the pool. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe once we're maybe once COVID does actually die down, whatever that means, that there can be some way that we can return to some sense of being in this game together rather than this us versus them mentality that is getting deeper and deeper and deeper by the day. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be hopeful about it. It is. I don't, I don't. I think you have more faith in that than I do. Oh, I didn't say I have it. I said, uh, I, I hope. I, I, I do. It, I think if it's going off the grid sounds better and better to me every day. <laughs> if it's going to come from anywhere, it's going to come from small interactions. It's going to come from one-on-one relationships. Yeah, and, and, and it's too. It, but it's too easy to go pick on somebody. And, and that's and that's really why when I when I have been asked, I mean, because it's been a struggle for me. Because one of the things in my in my Stoic training and reading, one of the things Stoicism is very key about is, is that you have to be active, right? This is not a passive philosophy. It's a philosophy where you got to get your feet dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, or hands dirty, I suppose. <laughs> it depends uh, what you're working with, I guess. I'm still stuck on uh, micro, um, but I, I I think that <laughs> dirty feet, <laughs> dirty feet, dirty feet. Dirty uh, that, that was number one and two. Um, but I, I I think that when I pulled away from politics, it was because I wanted to a first fix myself. I kind of got stuck in that same mindset, like. I'm, I'm expecting other people to, to, to think more logically. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm doing it myself. So let's go back and work on me. And once I can get myself to the point where I feel strong, I want to go out and start trying to help other people, but do it on a one-on-one basis. Because I think that I think the, that recipe feels safer. Now, it just doesn't have the groundswell of change, right? So again, I guess if you, I guess if you work with the in a one-on-one sense, other influencers that can help change the world for the better, then that's a good thing as well. Because people just, you know, they they don't they don't listen. They don't want to participate. They don't, you know. And and, and I think Justin was right that people just want to fight right now. Mm-hmm. They're just in a they want to fight or mood. preach to the choir. Yeah, I, it, and, and both I, are useless. Yeah, really. I mean it's. Hey, I'll go back to the, the conversation I said I had with I, you know, put something on social media that made someone mad. Yeah, like I, what I wanted to say is, do you think I said that to hurt you? There's the intention. <laughs> right. Like, right? Do, you, do you think I, I put that out there? Because I was like, this is going yeah. to piss them off. Like, I sit around yeah. thinking about you oh. all day long. That's why I apologize, yeah. right? And I, I didn't want to make anybody feel bad with that comment. Yeah. I was trying to be funny. Yeah. But here we are. And also, <laughs> I, I think a reaction you can have 
when something upsets me, I just read something recently that if you get angry about something, it means it's something you should need to cut out of your life. Like that's a, that's your body telling you there's something wrong with that where you you should you should consider cutting that thing. And so when someone says something to me that upsets me, either you know if it makes me afraid, I'm like, what do I need to avoid? Mm-hmm. When it makes me angry, I'm like, what do I need to remove? Um, like that that emotion I have is a chance for me to reflect on my life. Yeah. I'm like maybe I need to hide this person on social or yeah. get rid no, of I love the hide button. I uh, <laughs> love me the hide button. Like, is this doing me any benefit of yeah. seeing this person saying this thing in any way? No. Hide them, move on with your life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's it, like I, I struggle with cutting things out that I think other people but like I have no if it's just for me I'll cut stuff out every all day every day right like I don't I don't need to do this anymore I don't need to visit this place anymore I don't need to look at this anymore that's no problem but once it affects other people I I struggle with that's what I'm working through it's like and and I think you're right sorry I was gonna say even more so like with you as, as instructor right Sometimes you need to upset people because they need to think about their stuff yep. more, right? Sometimes you pointing out that their idea that they think is foundational yep. is actually pretty flawed. is very yep. upsetting to them. Yeah. But that's a sign to them, like, I need to do some more thinking before I just repeat this stuff again because right. I don't have all my ducks in a row. Yep. Uh, well, and what I learned from that student was, it was funny, so I had, I had actually reached out to another friend of mine who would have been the type of person that would have also have been offended by this because they were part of the same group that what I said offended. I said, hey, you think, here's what happened. Could I have approached this anyway, differently? And the answer was, yeah, just just preface it a little bit beforehand about what the, you know, I know this will be something that will bother some people. I want you to know that this is why I'm using this. Great. But then it, there's that part of me is like, man, if I have to do that for everything that comes out of my mouth, because I can be, you know, great example. Uh, we were talking about women's, you know, uh, women's, uh, the right to vote. Um, and we were talking about the 19th Amendment. And I had said, I go, can you really fathom that we lived in a country at some point in time that a penis is what qualified you to be a voter? <laughs> like, what is it about a vagina that somehow disqualifies you to have a say in government? When you think about it from that perspective, like, that seems just utterly insane. Mm-hmm. Just like we we pitch skin color to... Uh, dude, I, I just read a book, uh, Stamped, and I put it on social media, yeah. so I won't talk too much about Ibrahim it. Ibrahim X. Kendi. Yeah, yep. um, and... and most of the stuff in that book I knew. I'd heard at some point sure. in time, but like it was the, you know, the junior version of his bigger yeah, book. Yeah. So, so being that, it, it just bam, 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 like one thing after another. It was like, wow, this happened and this happened, this happened. And, and like gave me an opportunity to really think through what you're talking about right there is, God, that wasn't that long ago. Like, like thinking about like, you know, um, the Southern strategy of Nick's, like, yeah. you know, just thinking about like, yeah, that was there a are people alive <laughs> that went through right, that. Right. Like my dad, when he was a kid. Yeah. Like just going through all those things and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, and, and well, and we, we, we pick these weird arbitrary things that like, you know, whether or not you're gay or straight, whether you're blonde or brunette or whether you have blue eyes or green, what is it about physical characteristics that made anybody think this is a good reason to ostracize yeah. these people. But see, a way, a way to teach that, which can be very effective, is for you to you to familiarize yourself with the argument. This would be a small group setting, right? You'd be like, okay, I'm going to argue against the women's right to vote. I'm going to use the arguments that were made at the time. 
and you need to provide counter arguments yeah. to me. I'm going to champion this cause of the people who are against the 19th Amendment. But if you do that in your class now, it's like, oh my gosh. Right. Did you see what Rankin did? Right. He was he arguing that women shouldn't have the right to vote. Can you believe he did that? <laughs> yeah. They'll take they'll take it's a 15 like, yeah, second it, clip. It, it, It'll be yeah. online. Yeah, it was a pedagogical <laughs> technique, man. Like I was, you know, it's the same thing. I, yeah, you're I, right. I, I, uh, how, how, mu- how much do you pay attention to politics today? So little. It, it's it's. So the funny part is when I, I've been asked this question even recently, in the morning when I'm getting ready. From brushing my teeth to sitting down to do my first journal and my first meditation, I will ask uh, uh, Alexa to. Hopefully, I didn't just set anything up. I'll ask her to uh, give me my flash briefing. I get um, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon's monologue. I get CNN's top five, and I get NPR's uh, like that two minute and thirty second post in the morning. But like legit, I get. And usually, I skip Jimmy Fallon because it's too damn long. Usually I get legit five minutes in the morning. And yeah. that's it. Me too. Me too. I don't... I don't. And do I feel so much better. Do you think you're going to get back into it more? I don't. At right now, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, I don't know what would pull me into it. Um, Need a cause or something yeah, really rally really behind. I, I really yeah, do. I feel that. I mean, I, I have more... The most that I talk about politics is talking about it with my, my sure. oldest daughter just because she's doing um, because you know she's you know writing papers on yeah. stuff that's going on in American history and as she learns it it's one of those oh my god can you believe this mm-hmm. or my favorite the other day I'm not going to make fun of her because she misspelled a very uh, a fr- yeah. <laughs> you can come on if you want to <laughs> Guess. no it's too embarrassing okay. poor Maddie wanted to talk to me about um uh, detente and I was and she was she was talking about Nixon and I went you mean detente she went oh no is that how you pronounce it <laughs> which I about peed myself yeah, she is funny. super super smart I promise you she takes after her mother um, it was great we can, we can I can edit that out if you want just give me a thumbs up I'll get rid of it I just, I just okay. <laughs> I, I learned at age like 29 that the word misled was actually misled so I mean you learn <laughs> That's hilarious. You learn things. You learn things. Sometimes you learn them very publicly at work. Yeah, something, yeah. Some, there was something like, <laughs> something happened to me like that fairly recently, too. I can't remember what it was now, where I was like, no way. Really? So yeah. I, I host trivia, uh-huh. and I don't prepare. It might surprise you, Tyson, because <laughs> uh, so I, I prepare for this so little. Mine does be the um, podcast. I think it's just a life in general. Right. Not a big preparation <laughs> thing for Justin. Hey, I prepared my retirement. It's going to be great. Uh, but... So I read the questions literally the first time as I'm reading them in a microphone out loud. <laughs> so I mispronounce words all, all the, the time. time because it's the first time. Like sure. I'm just like, Dad. yeah. And everybody's like, no, dude, that's, that's not how that? you say that. <laughs> like, I just, when I get, when I look at national news now, the further I'm away from it, it's, I just really question. So I look, I just pulled it up right now. CNN, Ukraine, Queen Elizabeth, winter storm, COVID protests, NFL. <laughs> I'm like, Winter Storm impacted me. I'm aware of what it Winter Storm yep. did. Yep. Uh, COVID protests, NFL, Queen Elizabeth, Ukraine, they, they do not affect me. So, so I don't... I don't watch CNN anymore. I don't, I don't even listen to NPR that much anymore. Maybe if I have a short drive, I'll flip it on. Um, but, like, most of that stuff you just named, I'm still aware of, even though, like, yeah. like the Ukraine thing, like, I could probably it's tell you like, more than most people could. It's sure. just like a reality TV show, though. I mean, like, yeah. it's just like knowing, like, what did you see what Mitch McConnell did? Like, I... 
Who's this guy? There was a reason why our parents' generation watched the news for one hour a day at night, and it was someone that was unbiased telling you that for one hour. Well, and that's that's what I, you know, students will always ask me, well, what do you, you know, you tell us that media is, you know, and I tell them, I say, guys, media is not the problem. I I know it's super popular to say, I got a bunch of comm majors in my class, like, so you get that look like, you know, journalism's not wrong, is it? They're businesses, and and what the businesses decided, right? Just like little beavers has decided that a cute little beaver in cartoony positions helps sell beer. So great, go and do that if that helps you sell your beer. They've gone with it if it bleeds, it leads, and that drama and tension and all of that actually sells advertisers. Yes, being divisive. Okay, then that's if that's what it is. But that's not what it, it does. The reverse to me, it makes me go, I don't want to consume this. So where can I go? that I can get news without any emotion. And for me, that's where NPR comes in, right? Yeah, and I'm not bashing NPR. If I'm listening to the news, yeah. it's usually NPR. I just, not, I'm just saying I very rarely even yep. listen to that. Not anymore. everything on NPR. So I, what I tell students is what I like about NPR. I'll listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me all the time. Corva Coleman yeah. can tell me that my house just burned down. It's a post. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, okay, well, okay. Well, we better call the insurance agent. <laughs> uh, like she's so calm. Even she's got the voice and down. she's got it down the way she speaks. I've told students, I said, if anybody raises their voice, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not going to listen to it. Which is, I used to every Maddie can attest to this, almost her entire life. Sunday mornings were for Meet the Press. Yeah, right? I love Meet the coffee. Press. Coffee. It was Meet the Press, and about a year ago, I just quit. Yeah. I haven't missed it one bit yeah. and and it kind of makes me sad because that used to be such a part of my routine and it's such a part of my life but and these are I don't even it's even people that I agree with no yeah it has nothing to do with it's not partisan that. it's like, just it's, yeah. it's not ideological it's just like I I feel like I'm going to get back into it like not today not tomorrow I'm just saying like eventually I could because I'm so I went from like getting ready to run a, you know my own campaign as a candidate for the first yeah. time to I am going to run away from this as far as I can run away yeah. from this. I and still think just local stuff is so important. Like, not, the importance it, it, isn't the issue, though. It's it, it's like the health. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. it's not the importance. Um, I know it's all important. Ukraine's important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't actually think it's important that I know about Korean, Ukraine. I mean, you know, individually, no. I don't need to know about that. Right. Sure. Like, it's not it's not an important thing for me to know today, right now. Today? But, like, there needs to be some Maybe emergency eventually. thing that comes up. Like it's Let not an important do thing. I mean, I was just sitting. Might be important to you. It's, <laughs> that's for other people to people who are in decision making capacity who can influence that kind of. Thing. But yeah, can't you I say mean, that on any level? Right, and if you take but it back so, far enough, you say, "Well, will this disrupt oil?" You know, so yes, my. But gas again, prices me, are gonna me go knowing away. about it and it flashing up on my phone immediately. You're right. Doesn't impact it's, oil. It's prices. not whether it's, it's what you decide to do about it. Like you could decide to do something about Ukraine. Right. Yeah, but I mean, my, <laughs> the opportunity cost is there where there are certain needs. Like I was just having a talk with a member of the fire department and they're just like running crazy right now like they're mandatory overtime can't hire enough people like they're really stressed out there's lots of lots of issues going on with them like that's not gonna be on the news nobody no. cares but then when there's that big pile up outside of town who's going out and helping those people yeah, right so like that's that's something where like you, people should know about that kind of thing yeah well, my point the point is not that it's the point is not like that no one should know about it 
is that I don't think I should know about it. Yeah. And I think that the time people spend on national issues will be better spent on issues that they could actually have an individual impact on that impact their lives a lot more. Without a doubt. I mean, I talk about this but, in my class incessantly. Everybody wants to work on a presidential campaign or a senatorial campaign or a congressional campaign. And I said, well, you're going to be a glorified coffee fetcher maybe going out and getting some signatures. Wouldn't you rather work on a local campaign where you can be in it, you can help make decisions, you can meet On campaigns, sure, but let me right? say this, and you, you, you were more so than me, but I was deeply involved in local politics for a good part of five years. Couldn't get anything done. Yeah. I mean, I mean legitimately, <laughs> how big of an impact did I really have for the effort yeah. and time that I put in? That's fair. Very minimal. Well, <laughs> very minimal. But some of that is a, is which a is vestige. why it was easy for me to walk away. Yeah, right? well, some of fair. that is that is also a vestige of municipal government falls under the same sort of uh, purview, I think, as the president of the United States does. Right. So I talk about this in class when we talk about the double expectation gap. We elect a, pre- a president is expected to tell us they're going to do all of these things if you elect him, right? We get this litany of if you elect me on day one, I'll and they give first us all days, these first yeah. hundred days, all this stuff, and then we figure out that constitutionally they have almost no ability to do those things that they promised you. <laughs> Same thing happens in municipal elections. Like mm-hmm. here are all these people that come out saying I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and then they figure out that well. We can't really do any of that stuff, right? Yeah. And not only can we not do any of that stuff, like the makeup of the town council or city council or county board, it's in such a way that every if we move anything, we can really only move it incrementally. Who you really need to talk to is the state. And it always seems like there's always, well, we can't do anything here. In my neighborhood, we were just, just talking to my mom about this. We've got, you know, the, there's a southern portion of the Constitution Trail mm-hmm. uh, that goes from Fox Creek Road out mm-hmm. to uh, McLean. Yeah. And on the other side of it is a bridge. The bridge is awful. You can't, there's no passage on either side. The road is literally crumbling in front of our eyes, but it goes over the train tracks. So, of course, we've fixed the one that goes, we, the bridge is perfect going over the interstate because that's controlled by IDOT. Then the next little sliver that's in between the bridge and uh, the Amtrak overpass is controlled by the city. The city has maintained that. It's just fine. But then you get to the bridge that's over Amtrak, and Amtrak owns that, and Amtrak won't change anything. And people would get, well, they would call me and they'd be pissed off. They're like, why isn't this being fixed? Well, it's because it's Amtrak. It's in litigation. So we can't fix it until we work with... Why can't someone call someone in the federal government? I'm like, I don't know. You think someone just sitting on the other side of the phone? Give it a shot. Hey, hey, what's going on? (laughs) I've heard heard the railroad doesn't answer their calls. The railroad, right? And I said, well, the railroad's really a government corporation. And you see somebody's head go like, wait, the government... It has a corporation. Yeah, you've been using the it's post like, office and other places. There's like anything that, for, that left and right can rally yeah. against. We even government right. corporation. We, we even own the auto business for a while. Right. <laughs> and and it's, it's fascinating to to see. I mean, that in and of itself was such a this microcosm. Like there are three government institutions that control a quarter mile stretch of road in Bloomington, uh-huh. and then when it can't be fixed, everybody just kind of is like. You know what? This local government stuff is crap. It can't do anything. It can't help with anything. And so they check out. I mean, come on. In this town, we have to get excited when, hey, turnout was like 17%. That's a good election. Like, that is... 
I mean, I remember when I saw that, you know, I can't remember the last one, but was the normals turnout, did it hit 20% in the last municipal? I can't remember. The last one? Yeah. What, what, who was, was in the last one? It was those uh, Coos, Coos and Tertilli. Um, yeah. I think they were close to. <laughs> they were close Part to. Two. Right? <laughs> but it's but it's when we when we have changed the goalpost to when the pantograph writes, we are happy about twenty percent. Yeah. Where are we at? Yeah. Like eighty percent of people. Not only, and I know probably the two of you experienced this exact same thing. Not only did. 20% of people vote, but the, of that other 80%, how many of them had no idea there was an election on that day? And how many thousands of dollars and volunteer hours went into making sure everybody knew about it? And yep. it leads to my original point. Yep. <laughs> For five years, I thought, what did I really do here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, bringing awareness to local issues is like, it's, it's like the hardest job in the world. But posting it about the potholes easy. Oh my God. There's a couple of things. <laughs> What's, what well, continues to be fascinating to me is how there's all these things that you just think they are the way they are and then you realize that there's people somewhere making decisions for them to be yeah. that way yeah. um, but it's so ingrained like the, the, the stuff that we have is so ingrained and like I'll I consider myself very centrist when it comes to left versus right I try to see both sides and take the best of both and achieve when it comes to like centralized power versus local power I'm like I'm very partisan in that regard. Yeah. I uh, man, we should just be able to make these decisions for our community yeah. and not have to like the underpass in normal. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like we have to like well, you know, the railroad won't let us do it at grade crossing. It's like, oh, like can't we really? Like we can't just drive across the railroad tracks like we like And I'm uh, only gonna say this because it's a trigger it's a trigger now. warning mainly for Justin, right? <laughs> can't wait. I mean downtown Bloomington being in the position that it's in is just silly. For it's just silly. How, I, ju- I just said about five years, what did I do? Yeah. Downtown was the leader of that yes. in my head. Without a doubt. For, how could I, it not be? I was task force, planning committee, all this stuff. And seriously, when I decided not to run for an office a couple of years ago, and I thought, do I want to stay involved and do everything? I'm like, I've been trying, I've been yelling downtown this whole time and there's arguments that it might be worse in some yeah. areas. Yeah. Some areas improved. Some areas worse. Yeah. Really didn't change that much. It didn't change perception. Yeah. Didn't change physically. What ha- like? What am I? Do- why am I wasting twenty plus hours a week? Some weeks trying to move on top of a job, a on top of family, on top of this for nothing. Yeah. So, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from getting involved. It probably sounds like that because I'm grumpy. But and, and that's why I say that I probably will get involved again yeah. in the future. But, but for I, right now, take a friend for me to run for something before yeah. you know. So please don't. If it's that hard to, <laughs> but if that's hard to like do something locally, then if you talk about it, trying to influence Ukraine policy, like yeah, well, that's just exponentially okay. more. So, well, Eric, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. It's enjoyed. always fun to talk to you too. Hope you enjoyed your drink and your I food. I did always. I love. Or the beaver burger. It was good. Beaver I had a beaver burger as well. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. The fries were awesome. I was yeah. jealous. I should not have eaten before I came. I was looking at you guys' <laughs> food over there. So, And the best, one of the best non-alcoholic uh, beer selections in it is. Uh, McLean County. So it really they is. always have Untitled Art here, which I adore. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Very cool. Well, my uh, my son's waiting for me at home to yep. play Halo with him. Mine's I'm about like, ready to beat me. Yeah. So, uh, and that's a little 
little. Sure, you don't want to come on the podcast. <laughs> what are you? What's that? Sectional team for what? Yeah. For what? Swim. Swim and dive. Very you just cool. accomplished something yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, Maddie and I yeah. did, uh, did a Spartan Deca, and Maddie got uh, she won her age group. So that's awesome. Uh, that's pretty awesome. It was her, her first uh, cool. her first uh, weight event. So yeah, and not still, used to getting her out of the pool. So and still energy to come here. And still energy. To Appreciate come it. Here. Yeah, it's a great, great pleasure. Great All guys right. are awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate See it. Ya. Thank you.